listening to the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. If you have a Bible, grab one out and open up to John chapter 4. There should be a slide that says John chapter 4 verse 46. And we're going to get into that part of God's Word. Uh, and as we get into this passage, we're going to meet two men. We're going to meet uh, a man whose son is sick and another man who is paralyzed. And what we're going to see in the story is that sickness plagued this world when Jesus walked this earth. And I'm sure as many of us know here today, sickness continues to plague our world here today. About three years ago, my son Michael was born. uh, And like any birthing situation, it was intense. But thankfully, he was born healthy. He had 10 fingers, 10 toes, a healthy weight. uh, And Elizabeth, though shattered, uh, was healthy too. But about 12 hours later, after my son was born, Micah, uh, it became clear that something was wrong. He started wheezing and struggling to breathe. He had a raging fever. And so we had to rush from our birthing center to a hospital. And we quickly got there and they put tubes all over him to help him breathe. They got wires all over him to monitor his situation. It was a terrifying situation to be in. And it became clear that my son had group B streptococcus, which had caused pneumonia in his lungs and septicemia in his blood. It was a terrifying situation. And uh, thankfully, due to the early pickup and the hospital's intervention, uh, Michael was able to make a full recovery. But I remember along the journey, a lady saying to me, during this journey of Micah getting sick, welcome to the life of a parent. Welcome to the life of the parent. And what she meant was though Micah had fully recovered, uh, his, we only recover to get sick again. Recovery in this world is only ever temporary. Uh, and so, uh, like many of us here today, we know our recovery is only temporary. And as we're about to see in God's word, we face the same problem of sickness. Uh, maybe you might be sick today. or Maybe you know someone who is sick or one day you will have to face sickness. And in those times, you'll need to answer the question, who can heal our sicknesses? I should have a slide there. Who can heal our sicknesses? Now you might say, well, medicine can heal our sicknesses. As we saw in the story with Micah, medicine played a massive role to his recovery. Uh, And I have a friend who's just gone through multiple rounds of chemo to get rid of their cancer. My father-in-law, some of you might know Jim here, he's just had a hip replacement. Medicine is amazing. And so you might say, well, medicine can heal our sicknesses. But even with medicine, our healing is only a probability. And even those times we do recover, it's only ever temporary. Because sickness comes again. And so we still face this question, who can heal our sicknesses? And in our passage in John's gospel today, John is going to show us who can heal our sicknesses. Now, John, you might know, he's one of Jesus' 12 disciples He lived alongside Jesus for three years during his ministry. They were practically housemates living and sleeping alongside one another. And John, after living alongside Jesus for three years, practically housemates, he concluded that Jesus is God. Now that is amazing. I don't know if you've ever woken up in the morning and thought to yourself, my flatmate is God. 
Or maybe you think, my spouse is God, or my children is God. No, none of us think that about the people we live with because we see the imperfections in them. I remember before I was married, I was flatting with some of my best mates. We had a lot of fun, but we saw the worst sides of one another. We saw grumpy wake-ups. We saw chores left undone. I remember a shower that wouldn't even, the water wouldn't even recede away. It just stayed at a certain level because no one would unclog the hair from the shower. It's disgusting. None of us would think that our flatmates are God, but John lives alongside Jesus for three years. He concludes that he's God, and in our passage today, he's going to show us not only that he's God, but that he can heal us. So if you've got a Bible, open up to John 4 verse 46. And in this first passage, we're going to see a household healed forever. So read along with me. It should come up on the screen as well, verse 46. Once more, he, Jesus, visited Cana and Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judah, he went to him and begged him to come heal his son, who was close to death. You can see the situation, right? Here's Jesus. People have heard he's performed miracles. Previously, he's turned water into wine. And this royal official hears that Jesus is around. He hears that Jesus, this miracle worker, has come to town. And so he travels all the way from his city to Cana to get Jesus to come to heal his son. He wasn't looking for religion, and he wasn't looking for a savior. He was just looking for someone to heal his son. But let's see how Jesus responds in verse 48. Verse 48, Jesus says, Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. What's going on here? Jesus seems rather harsh, don't you think? This man's coming here, his son's about to die, and Jesus almost seems to rebuke him, saying that unless you see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. But look at verse 48 carefully. Who is Jesus speaking to? Jesus says, unless you people, and then it also says Jesus told him. Jesus is both speaking to the crowd around him and this man himself. And he's showing that he doesn't just perform miracles. Many people are coming to him just to see miracles, something amazing, but that pointed to nothing else, had no greater purpose than the miracle itself. But Jesus is trying to show us here that Jesus doesn't perform just miracles, something amazing in itself, but that Jesus performs signs. Jesus doesn't just come to perform signs so that people can be healed temporarily. Rather, he performs signs that people can be healed forever. But this royal official, he's persistent. And so in verse 49, he continues. He says, Sir, come down before my child dies. You see what he's saying? He's saying, come down to my city. You need to come to be next to my son to heal him. Because he knows that a doctor needs to be next to his patient to heal them. So surely Jesus needs to be next to his son to heal him. But look at how Jesus responds. It's surprising. It's not what we expect. Verse 50, Jesus says, Go, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. 
We see here that Jesus doesn't come down to the, uh, to the city. He simply sp- speaks a word and says that your son will be healed. We haven't seen a sign yet. Jesus hasn't actually healed the boy yet. All we have is Jesus' word. Amazingly, the official believes Jesus. But the question is, will Jesus' word come true? And so we read on in verse 51. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. Praise God, his boy is living. He sees him along the way. They find out that his son's well. But this royal official, he's skeptical. He doesn't just have blind faith. He's like us. You can see he's almost wondering, well, did Jesus just get lucky? Is this just a coincidence? And so he inquires further in verse 52. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his house, whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Amazing, isn't it? Jesus, with just simply a word, heals a boy in another city. And this royal official previously believed Jesus' word. He believed that Jesus could heal, but now we see that he believes in Jesus himself. He sees that Jesus is who he claims to be, that he is God. And brothers and sisters, don't just marvel at what Jesus can do. Don't just marvel at this sign, but rather, like the royal official, follow the sign to Jesus and believe in Jesus himself. Because if this royal official just marveled at Jesus' sign, then death would still come again to his family. Sickness would still come again to his family. This was just a healing of one incident. And so sickness and death would still come, and if he hadn't put his trust in Jesus, then he would have no hope in it. But because the official put his his trust in Jesus, sickness would still come again, death would still come again, but he would have hope in it because he knew Jesus' word. He knew that Jesus promised a new creation where there would be no more death, crying, mourning, and pain, where he would resurrect all who put his trust in him into new life. Imagine if you saw a sign and you're driving along the road and you saw a sign that said, turn around, cliff ahead. Imagine if you just saw that sign and thought, wow, there's a cliff ahead, and just kept on driving right off that cliff. Only a fool would do that. Don't be a fool. Don't just marvel at what Jesus can do, but rather follow the sign to Jesus himself and put your trust in him and like this household, be healed forever. forever. That's our first encounter with Jesus. And our second encounter we'll see in chapter 5. Previously we've seen a household healed forever. But now we're going to meet a a paralytic who is healed but remains broken. Let's see the situation. Come with me to verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool 
which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? What an odd question that is, isn't it? Do you want to get well? Jesus comes to this man. He knows he's been sick for 38 years for a long time. And Jesus asks, do you want to get well? Surely the answer is obvious. Yes, Jesus, I would like to get well. Can you please heal me? But the problem is, this man doesn't know who he's speaking to. He doesn't know who's standing right in front of him. And so in verse 7, he responds saying this, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. It seems to be that this person thinks the pool has some type of healing properties. And so he starts going on saying, I need someone to help me get into the pool. But he fails to see who's standing right in front of him. And so Jesus shows him who is standing right in front of him in verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. It's amazing, isn't it? Jesus with just simply a word speaks and a paralytic is healed. I don't know about you, but my words are not that powerful. Uh, when it comes to 5 p.m. on a uh, weekday and I tell the kids, hey, let's pack up everyone, let's get all these clothes and put them away, nothing happens. But Jesus, when he speaks, muscles are restored, nervous systems are restored, and a paralytic is healed. Jesus' word is powerful, and we see an amazing sign here but the question is, how will people respond to this sign? Let's see how they respond in the next part. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. And so they asked him, Well, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who, who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. A man who's been paralyzed for 38 years starts walking, and the Jewish leaders ask, what are you doing carrying your mat? How outrageous is that? That here they are, squabbling over the minutia of their law, but the problem isn't whether a law has been broken. The real problem is how they respond to this sign. They should have said, praise God, you've been healed. How did that happen? What does this mean? Who is the man would love to talk to him? Instead, they squabble over their law. But unfortunately, this healed man doesn't respond much better. Look at verse 14. 
Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. This man finally finds out that it's Jesus who healed him. And instead of thanking him or believing in him like the royal official, he goes and reports Jesus to the Jewish leaders who are trying to kill him. What's going on here? Is this man naive? Is he just naive, unsure about what the Jewish leaders are trying to do? Doesn't realize that they're trying to trap Jesus and will ultimately cry out for his crucifixion? Is he naive or is he just a betrayer? Someone like Judas who's trying to save his own skin. It's hard to say for sure here. But what we can say for sure is that he missed the sign. He had Jesus standing right in front of him and healed him of his paralysis, and yet he failed to see God standing right in front of him. And this is a really important point because many people say today, well, if God would just come down now and perform a miracle in front of me right now, then I'd believe in him. But we see in this story that people can see miracles and still not believe. This man was healed of a 38-year paralysis, and yet he still failed to see God standing right in front of him. Don't be like this man. Rather, be like the official who, as you hear these signs, you put your trust in Jesus. And brothers and sisters, Jesus doesn't promise us perfect life and health in this world today. Some people teach that if you just have enough faith, then Jesus will heal you. That's not what the Bible offers. In fact, even notice in this story that there were many sick people lying around this pool and Jesus only came to one man. And in amidst those men, he came to one man who didn't even have faith. Now, God doesn't promise us perfect health in this world, but what he does promise us is spiritual healing that will lead to physical healing in the new creation where there'll be no more sickness and death. That is a sure promise we can trust from in the Bible. I told you at the start of uh, this message, I told you about Micah and how he had to go to hospital. Well, Elizabeth, my wife, for my my first Father's Day present, uh, she made a book called Micah Loves Dad. Uh, It's an amazing book, coming to bookstores near you sometime, I'm sure. Probably not, but we love the book in our family. But partway through the book, a photo pops up of Micah when he was in hospital. You can see it here on the screen. And you can see him here, there, with tubes all over him, wires all over him. And when I'd read this book with Micah, you could see he'd become visibly angry as we got to this photo. His face would pout, and he'd say, I don't like that photo. And fair enough, because no one likes seeing themselves sick. But each time we'd continue to read this story and we'd see at the end how Micah was healed and we'd read these words that said, God's hope in life is better than trouble and strife. God's hope in life is better than trouble and strife. And so we would read this each time and I noticed that Micah's attitude began to change to these photos. He actually began to be able to joyfully say, that was the time when I was sick. 
because he knew the end of the story. He knew that he was healed in the end. And brothers and sisters, we too know the end of the story. God has told us in his word that one day he'll bring about a new creation where there will be no more sickness and death. And so like Micah, we too can even joyfully mourn our current sicknesses because we know the healing that will come when Jesus returns. Jesus has shown us today in his word that he can heal paralytics and he can heal a sick child. But brothers and sisters, don't just look for temporary healing in this world, but look for permanent healing in God's new creation. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he came not to just bring temporary healing, but that he came to bring permanent healing. Thank you that he has shown us through your word that he is God. And Father, I pray that you would help us to put our trust in him today and forevermore. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.